I wish I could say something that was classy and inspirational, but that just wouldn't be our style. Yeah, I'd like to hear it. SportstownChicago.com. Lombard. Part of the Peon Air Network and available on the TuneIn app. Hell yeah. Broadcast home for your Windy City Bulls and the Chicago Dogs. We're in a league of our own. Now, here's your SportstownChicago.com scoreboard update. At 3.01, I'm AJ Freeze uh, with your Sports Town Chicago update powered by the Illinois Media School. If you're interested in a career in media, go to beonair.com. The Blackhawks are 2-0 in their new interim head coach as they beat the Pittsburgh Penguins in a shootout. Seth Jones scored his first goal of the season. Jonathan Taze and Alex Debrinkett scored in the shootout for the 3-2 victory. The Blackhawks' next game is at Friday at home at 7.30 versus the 1-11 Arizona Coyotes. The Bears are now 3-6 as they lost a heartbreaker to the Pittsburgh Steelers on Monday night by a late field goal. Justin Fields played one of his best games of the season, but that just wasn't enough. There's no new, ne- new news out of Bears camp. They will be on a bye week this week as they prepare for their next game against the Baltimore Ravens. In other NFL news, Dalvin Cook has a lawsuit filed against him from a woman who claims he was assaulted by the NFL running back. Dalvin denies the allegation and pleads that he was actually assaulted. The Bulls are now 7-3 after they routed the Brooklyn Nets on Monday. The Bulls play again tonight against the Dallas Mavericks at home as they open as three-point favorites. Kobe White has been reinstated from practice, and he is now practicing with the Windy City Bulls. He is pretty close to returning. PSG soccer star Amina Diallo has been arrested for hiring two men who wore masks and attacked her own teammate with an iron bar, leaving her with stitches so that she could take her spot on the team. This has been your SportstownChicago.com update brought to you by the Illinois Media School. If interested in the career media, go to beonair.com. Top five in almost every category. Did a great job defensively at him. Get the win. This team for real, Chicago. If you don't know, you better ask somebody. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And today we're going to be opening up with the Chicago Bulls. And uh, recently they just came off of a stretch where they played two games against Philadelphia and then they played the Nets. Uh, so, first off, we're going to open up with the first game against the Phillies, uh, not the Phillies, the Philadelphia 76ers. And uh, the Bulls lost that one 98 to 103. And uh, DeRozan dropped 37 in that game, shot 13 for 22, 11 from 12 from the free throw line. Uh, I'll give you some of my thoughts, AJ. Um, overall, it was a weaker uh, Philadelphia 76ers team like we previewed on our last episode last injuries. week. And uh, Embiid just showed out and is now currently 9-0 and all-time against the Chicago Bulls, which is unbelievable. Shows yeah. absolute dominance against I mean, I will say at least one thing about that, though, is like the Bulls have been, if you know, their starting lineups over the years have been atrocious, quite brutal. So, I mean, it's not like, oh, my God, nine straight. I mean, he's played two games against this good team, and he beat them. Um, I think we showed our weakness that Vucevic has some defensive struggles. Um, he's he's a little bit of a soft-bodied center. He's pretty good offensively, except we'll talk about it in this stretch here. These three games, he didn't play well offensively, um, but he... He, he is a good center for us, but we showed that our lack of big men down low is, is um, really hurt us in those games. Absolutely. We definitely did see a little bit of a kink in the armor in regards to just uh, Vucevic and big men in general when we were battling with Embiid in both of those games in Philadelphia and then in Chicago as well. Yeah, that, that 
first quarter, we only scored 19 points, which was really what just put us behind from the very start of that game. Otherwise, I think if we started out okay, I, I think we probably handled that game pretty well, and um, we would have won that game. Um, I really don't have much else to say about that game. Um, it was pretty tough. Uh, like I said, we, we have some Vucevic struggles, especially from that game where he was, uh, even offensively, he didn't look good this game. He only had 10 points. Six assists, which is really nice, uh, but he only scored four points, shooting two for seven. Um, so we're going to move on to the next game now, which is uh, the next game was at home against the 76ers. We ended up losing that one as well, 114 to 105. Um, yeah, some thoughts on this game. Joel dominated again, 30 points, 15 rebounds. Outside of that, uh, the Bulls tandem of Levine and DeRozan went off for 55 points combined. And like you mentioned, Vucevic again struggled. In this game, yeah, a five, five for sixteen. Um, still had a, a double double, eleven points, eleven rebounds. Uh, defensively, he gave up 13, 30 points against Joel. Um, it, it, it was exploited in those two games that he he could not go. I, it, Joel is 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 an MVP type of player, though. It, it's not like Vucevic got cooked by Willie Cauley Stein. No, that's or a top like two that. center. Like, this is in my this opinion. is literally Absolutely. we're talking about an MVP type of player here. Hundred percent. So remember that, like. There's not a lot of other NBA centers that can actually guard Joel Embiid, um, but it did. It, it looked pretty brutal. We know he's a soft hitter. Um, yeah, the, the Levine and DeRozan continue to answer over and over again. Fifty-five points this game, and it was just a big key factor where we were able to keep it alive. We were pretty close at some points. We were going up and down the ropes. Um, kind of kept it close in this one. Uh, only nine points, but we we were in it. Close to the last couple minutes of that game. Uh, what really held us back, again, was another really bad quarter. 35-26, to 26, we got outscored in that second quarter. You know, if, if we just play consistent basketball one through four quarters, uh, the Bulls will be in a better situation, especially for those two games that they had against Philly. Um, moving into the next part here now, uh, the last game the Bulls just played on Monday, the Bulls played against the Nets, and we absolutely routed them. 118 to 95. An elite second quarter from the offense and defense. Alex Caruso really showed out with some amazing steals. I'd love to hear your overall thoughts, AJ. Uh, it was it was an interesting uh, game to see. Uh, everybody was really really happy. There was a lot of uh, loud fans there at that game. Um, the Bulls' defense looks really really good, uh, even though. Kevin Durant had our number that game. Yeah, he went never, for 38 points. He has that everybody's number because he's just probably the best scorer in the NBA. That's just what he does. He's a purebred scorer. Definitely. But even with Kevin Durant dropping 38 on us, um, that's one thing about the Brooklyn Nets, though, is that they they, they don't have the depth that uh, especially we do. We're very deep. <laughs> very, very deep. Io DeSumo played 20 minutes in that game, 15 points, 7 rebounds, and was an absolute hustler. He was looking good. Yeah, Io in the paint. It was amazing in that third and fourth quarter down the stretch. He was just finessing his way in the paint, just making space, and it was just awesome to watch. I was wondering when they were going to take him out. They just never ended up doing it. And I'm glad that the Bulls didn't take him out in that game because he was a key in getting us that win. Uh, speaking of some of our depth here, though, uh, did you guys see that that putback? I, I forgot to mention it when we were talking about the uh, 76ers game and that, that home one. Derek Jones Jr. has been a pretty elite player off of our bench. I mean, he's really playing at a high level. He brings a lot of energy to the plate. Uh, but here, l listen to this. Listen to this putback. Like the comeback to even was going to be close to complete in this quarter. Oh, 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 oh
Jets. Right here, watch your head. Woo! Oh man, that, uh, we gotta come back with a poster machine on that one. Woo! Big time player, make big time plays, baby. Woo! And that one was brought to you by NBC Sports or NBC Sports Chicago. And uh, that, that is uh, exactly what we're seeing out of Derek Jones Jr., making big-time plays off that bench. Absolutely. It's not only Derek Jones Jr., like we mentioned, Alex Caruso and just other key glue guys like Io DeSumo. And really, the next guy, uh, standing up mentality and like coming through for this team has really been a key outside of, obviously, the big hitters and DeRozan and Levine and then Vucevic when he's on, which he has not been. But really, when we get this team on all cylinders, I think they can compete with any team in the East. Well, at least at the end of that game there, Vucevic started to actually turn it up a bit. I think he only had four points going into the fourth quarter, and he hit three big shots for us. He hit like a that mid-range that he was moving. He hit that big three, and um, that was one thing that he hit earlier in the year when I, I first had my show. Uh, I was talking about his big shots against the Jazz. He, he has been actually there when the big time comes uh, when it comes on offense he's he's made some big plays for us especially down the stretch um he went five for 14 that game but those big shots at the end i think are going to be uh, a momentum builder for him and i think vucevic will be on the upper end now of starting to play some better basketball here yeah i could definitely see that being the case aj we look into it like you mentioned fourth quarter the big shots really came through from him and he did that again against the jazz last week and you covered that on the first episode of our show and um overall he did another game with a double double and as long as you can get a double double machine there is production in that and he also spaces the floor well defensively he's been a liability to an extent but that's only against elite centers now i i actually had some people um you know through my social media that i like stay on of like tiktok or whatever but um on twitter i actually saw um there were a lot of people complaining so much about Vucevic's defensive struggles that they were saying they'd rather have Tony Bradley actually out there playing because he's that brutal. And there's no way that you can really give up on a player this quickly. Seriously, I understand it was it looked really bad these couple games. He didn't even look good against the Nets there because Aldridge was tearing it up in that first half. But uh, trust me, Vucevic will be okay, and you're gonna you're gonna. You're going to have a different opinion when he's averaging 15 points, 15 boards. We don't even need him to be scoring more than 15 points, honestly, because everybody needs to be in sync together. No, absolutely. Uh, in regards to that, last year we looked at what Vooch was able to produce in the second half after the break with just Zach Levine. He's got to get uh, enamored with the new system, uh, the new players that are in there. His role is going to be depleted in regards to scoring. He's the third or fourth option. And I think once he's consistently, like AJ mentioned, uh, consistently putting up 15 to 17 points a game, getting those rebounds, and then spacing the floor well, I feel like there will be a lot less hate coming from Bulls Nation and just uh, social media in general. Outside of that, though, um, I think Vucevic has come through very clutch in the end of the last couple of games. Yeah, no, um, definitely, definitely that Nets game he he proved uh, as a valuable asset in hitting those nice shots, and and in that fourth quarter uh, where we've just been so magical this year, the Bulls have been playing outstanding in the fourth quarter when it comes down to cri- uh, prime time. That we outscored them forty-two to seventeen. The Bulls played very very well. Um, the Bulls now have their next game tonight at seven o'clock at home. 
and they are three-point favorites against Luka Doncic and the Mavericks. Uh, I'll give you my thoughts on this, AJ. Uh, limiting Luka defense, uh, as a defense is just really a key. He's obviously the spark plug, and he leads that squad. They go, Luke, uh, The Mavericks go where Luka goes, and I'd like to hear your thoughts on that. Yeah, um, Luka is the the whole offense, really, of the Mavericks. I know Kristaps is there, but when has Kristaps been really a, a threat since getting to Dallas, he hasn't. No, not not really. Um, uh, he, of course, he's going to be out there. He's a big seven-footer, which is something that Vooch is going to have to work with. Um, but I, I think as long as we play good defense, really focus up on Doncic, we can really win this game. Uh, the Bulls... Uh, well, one other thing also for Vooch, he has to work against Willie Cauley-Stein, too. He's another uh, bigger body kind of guy. So we'll, we'll see the rebound department from there. But I, I, I trust... I trust Vooch in uh, the rebounding department. With uh, Chris Stapps on the court, I feel like it won't be as difficult for Vooch. I understand the height that Chris Stapps does have, but since getting to he Dallas, floats, defensively, floats he anyway. floats he outside. Doesn't he doesn't box out. He's not physical. But when it is Willie Colley that's a bruiser right down there, it's going to be interesting to see what Vucevic is able to do. And uh, Kobe White now is just returning to practice. He's on the Windy, Windy City Bulls right now practicing up there. Um, it'll be really interesting to see what they do with Io now, um, especially having basically four point guards in Lonzo, Caruso, Io, and Kobe White now. I think with uh, uh, what Io DeSimo has done in the last couple of games with Kobe White being out, I think I, if I, as a Chicago Bulls fan and, and NBA fan in general, I don't want him to have a depleted role in any sense just due to how impactful he's been. And I think the odd man out here is Kobe White. I think that's going to come a couple months down the line, quite honestly. But I feel like they won't be able to incorporate those four guards and make it naturally flow well. Yeah, I think it's a little hard because the trade market's not anything close. Yeah, the the trade market's not anything close. And um, so you have to kind of like force your way in right now. Teams don't know exactly what's going on and what their needs are going to be. The trade market will develop itself the closer it comes to the trade deadline. So right now, 10 games into the season, it seems pretty difficult to be looking for a trade so so immediately, especially when teams don't even know exactly what they're going to be looking like in the standings at all. I think that's definitely fair. I think if... Uh like I said, it would be coming down a couple months down the line, obviously, but I think now is an awesome time to start kind of getting a gauge on players throughout the league that might be good fits for the team. Yeah, not a bad idea. Uh, but soon enough, now we're going to be getting into the Chicago Bears in that game that they had on uh, Monday night. Oof. This is your home for sports. SportstownChicago.com Joe's Hot Dogs has been around since 1953, but I promise it's not old news. You don't have to like hot dogs to like Joe's on Plainfield Road in Joliet. Italian beef, hot dogs, shakes and sides. My family's had a relationship with Joe's Hot Dogs for three generations. Golden fries with a tad bit of salt and the perfect amount of crunch come in a bag as big as your hand. And that's just small. For more on the menu, visit joeshotdogsjoliet.com. Bringing that classic Chicago flavor to the suburbs. That's Joe's Hot Dogs across from CVS on Plainfield Road in Joliet. At the football game, Jim shows the telltale signs of being wasted. He starts flexing for the camera. He refers to his muscles as gunboats. He screams, how's this for a halftime show? Jim streaks the field. 
It's easy to tell if you've had way too many to drive, but what if you've had just one too many to drive? Never underestimate just a few. Buzz driving is drunk driving. A public service announcement brought to you by the U.S. Department of Transportation, the Ad Council, and this station. There are everyday actions to help prevent the spread of respiratory diseases. Wash your hands. Avoid close contact with people who are sick. Avoid touching your eyes, nose, and mouth. Stay home when you are sick. Cover your cough or sneeze. Clean and disinfect frequently touched objects. For more information, visit cdc.gov COVID-19. This message brought to you by the National Association of Broadcasters and Windy City News Radio. The Illinois Center for Broadcasting is now the Illinois Media School. We've been an institution in the Chicagoland area now for 30 years. Because the broadcasting world is always changing, so are we. Not only are we teaching radio and television production, but now you can learn all aspects of the media industry, like web design. You can even specialize in TV or film, sports broadcasting, and even sales. No matter where you are in the Chicagoland area, we have a campus near you. The Illinois Media School. Be on TV, be on radio, be on air.com. That was money. Tell me that wasn't money. Yo, yo, yo. Check us out. We are the go-to guys. I'm your boy, Space. I'm your boy, MC. Check us out every Thursday from 4 to 5 p.m. We spitting all facts, all sports, all day. Yes, sir. Who else are you going to go to in the clutch? Lillard, long range three. And it's good! Keeping you up to date with all the latest sports news. We are the go-to guys. Where else are you going to get all your sports news from? You know. SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead, and we're going to open up with the Chicago Bears here. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. Uh, so the Bears played on Monday night, and um, it was an interesting kind of a game. Uh, we played okay. Uh, that first half was really, really brutal. Uh, were we down 20-6, to six, something like that, maybe? Yeah, we were down 20-6, to six, and going out of the first quarter, we were down 14 nothing, and it just looked really tough. Uh, uh, so the, the second half, the offense really got rolling. Fields played actually one of his best games of the season, and it just was not enough for us to continue going. No, yeah. Uh, so he had um, 291 yards total, 17 for 29 completion with one interception and one touchdown, uh, and he rushed for 45 yards. Overall, he was great on both sides of uh, the ball, whether running it or throwing it, and the defense stepped up to an extent in the second half comparable to what they were doing in the first half. We also got to see some of uh, David Montgomery coming back, and he made his debut back off the injury. Uh, 13 carries for 63 yards, and his long run of 21 yards. It was good to see him back out there, actually. It, it felt a lot better for our run game, even though I, I sent my praises that Khalil Herbert was actually a pretty talented football player. Um, but it was really nice to see uh, David Montgomery back and being able to be on the field again for us. Yeah, he absolutely came through, and he was really able to run the ball well. And then um, for Justin Fields, just to go back to him really quick, um, he really showed out, and there were a couple nasty hits that he took that really concerned mm-hmm. me. I don't know how you felt about those. It was really scary. Yeah, um, the hard part is is that he is one of those athletic quarterbacks where you want him to be a scrambler. You want him to run and move the ball because he has those kind of abilities. But he's so young and so fresh and still trying to learn that you don't want to you don't want him getting hurt. Definitely. It just makes you cringe when you hear that helmet-to-helmet contact. You just worry a little bit. You never want your quarterbacks getting hurt, but especially one that is progressing in the NFL. 100%. No matter what team you're, you're cheering for, honestly. It, it, that's just it's how it fun. is. Um, Cole Komet, 
actually showed out. Um, he had a very good performance. He had six catches for 87 yards. Um, another key performer in that game. Uh, if you saw in that, the the last late touchdown from uh, Justin Fields to take the lead there to Darnell Mooney, uh, Fields was rolling out to his left and threw it over. Yeah, that was an awesome play. That's something you really don't see out of a young guy like Justin Fields or any young quarterback in his rookie season. And that really just showed some maturity, I feel like, and just his finesse. It was really like amazing. Absolutely. That There's that when you when you talk about um, seeing glances of uh, maturity or a development of a player, that's when you're like, oh, okay, he has that in his bag. You know what yeah, I mean? That's what the hype's about. That's why he's got the 1.5 million followers on Instagram. That's why he's talked about so much. And um, Cassius March, that 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 whole play there, um, it was quite quite atrocious. Um, here, here, let's take a listen in real quick. At the conclusion of the play, taunting defense number fifty nine. Oh. 15-yard penalty will create a first down. Oh, that's, that's Marsh! Unbelievable. Marsh makes the play again, just elevated. But I didn't see it there. No, I didn't see it there. He starts walking towards the sideline, and he's saying something to the sideline. Wow. Wow is right. And that was from ESPN. Um, yeah, that, that play was pretty brutal, and uh, I they don't even talk about it in the audio, but uh, as we saw the play uh, a couple times later on video, the ref actually, like, it looks like he almost, like, checks him. Like, yeah. he bodies uh, him, puts uh, his... Cassius actually referenced and said that he felt like he was hip-checked by the ref, and he said that the play was absolutely awful. The call was absolutely awful. Yeah, it. Um, I, I'm not a big fan of it, and I actually really think the taunting call needs to be taken out at this point, uh, at least of the way that they have it right now. I understand that there are some things that are taunting, but... Um, a little bit soft, for sure. It's been all in general here. We've had some really bad... And I know that even the protecting the quarterback, I guess I'm, I'm not trying to sound like the old man here, but it sounds it's really tough to watch some of these games, that the, these are flags. Game-deciding flags, you know? The refs shouldn't be deciding a game based on your feelings got hurt because... He was doing a roundhouse kick on the field after a sack. You know. It's 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 disappointing because it's really just the the players wanting to give the fans a show, give the theatrics, and they're in the moment. This is the gladiator sport for the for the major sports in America, and people want to see emotion. And the fact that refs can have such an impact on the game late, it really hurts. Whether you're a Bears fan or not, it's not fun to have in games because it happens a lot. Uh, the Bears have now a bye week, and they will be trying to he get healthy a little bit, have Khalil Mack come back and some other guys. Um, our next game uh, for is against Baltimore at home. Uh, the Bears have a tough schedule going forward. Uh, the Lions, the Cardinals, the Packers, the Vikings, the Seahawks, the Giants, and we finish out with the Vikings again. Uh, so it's going to be an interesting end of the season for the Bears. Uh, real quick, I'm actually going to touch on some on some to topics in the NFL, uh, the other games going forward. Um, the Cowboys lost to the Broncos 30-16, to and oh my gosh. That was a really brutal performance from the Cowboys. I, I 
did not see it. If you know what a, sur- a survivor is, uh, I have a survivor pool where you pick one team per week and you can never use them again. But as long as you advance, as you're the last person standing, you win the pool. Well, I picked the Cowboys and so did 10 other people. Oof. So I wasn't alone in thinking that, but my Lord, it was an embarrassing pick. It was over pretty quickly. That second half was... You know what? I, I, also, another thing I want to mention here. Dak Prescott was injured. And they barely announced it until, like, Friday that he was going to be playing. First off, he probably shouldn't have played. He wasn't healthy enough to play. And then secondly, you're down and out of it. 20-something Thir- points down in the third, end of third, fourth quarter. Why is Dak Prescott still playing? You need him for the rest of this season here. This game is gone, over. You have no chance of coming back. Why is he out there risking his life playing this game? I, I think it was really, really dumb. I'd like to, as we're talking about upsets, kind of cover, if you don't mind, uh, that Jaguars over the Bills game. Absolutely. No touchdown. And then we had the uh, Josh Allen on Josh Allen action throughout (laughs) the entire game. Just, are the Bills good? Do you think that they're going to be what they were? Or was it just too much hype and the Cinderella story isn't going to be what it was last year? Um... I'm actually more on the side that they're still a pretty decent team. I don't think they're going to make the Super Bowl, but I do think they'll make the playoffs and they'll probably contend. Um, I think there's just um, a mix of balance there. You can't lose to the Jaguars without a touchdown. You lost to the Jaguars first off and then without a touchdown. Embarrassing. Um, I think they're 5-3 and three now, the Bills. Correct. They're barely above 500 at this point when you look at it this way. They're one game away of a win a loss along that road, and I know they've had some pretty easy wins, like a Washington's a cake in the park, a walk in the park. So it's a little interesting for them. Um, other NFL news, uh, Panthers, um, Sam Darnold is going to be injured for quite some time. That means P.J. Walker will be taking over as the quarterback. Uh, Sam Darnold had a soldier shoulder injury, and he'll have surgery. Uh, I don't know how long he'll be out for, but the Patriots took care of the Panthers, and uh, the Panthers lose again, have a really bad losing streak, and they lose their quarterback. Well, I mean, he's been struggling, but that's another significant loss. And then uh, moving on to uh, the Dolphins, they had no Tua uh, at the quarterback spot, but they still were able to muscle out against the Texans. This is really a battle of two awful teams and really just uh yeah Jacoby Brissett stepped up and played pretty well uh for the Dolphins <laughs> funny enough you know talking about that survivor pool again uh my brother who is still in the remaining five people of the survivor pool picked the Dolphins and I laughed at him and my Cowboys lost and his Dolphins won so who's laughing now uh Saints uh lost to the Falcons um that was a really, really weird game. Um, the Saints quarterback situation is really difficult. Taysom Hill is is the starter or isn't the starter. Trevor Simeon got in some time there. They were kind of playing like 50-50 there at one point. It's really weird to not have that situation down. I feel like Taysom Hill is going to end up pulling it down himself and stay there, but um, that situation did not look good, and they did not beat a struggling Falcons. And... Um, the Raiders are falling apart after the awful story that they had with uh, Rugs. They end up falling to the Giants, twenty-three to sixteen. Yeah, they they lost. I, I can't. I don't know the new story now, but they lost somebody else. Gruden, of course, was earlier yeah. in the year. So I mean, the Raiders just keep going on the downfall, 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 and they couldn't even beat the Giants. Two win team. Now they're having three wins. 
Um, also, another f- team falling apart here are the Bengals. Now, after losing to the Jets, they get absolutely blown out by the Browns. And uh, speaking of the Browns real quick, OBJ is gone, and he'll have some opportunities of some new teams. And I've got actually some thoughts. I'd love to see him on the Seattle Seahawks. Pete Carroll, we both watched his interview uh, with the media, and he said, um, I'm paraphrasing, he said, I'm not saying yes, I'm not saying no, and then he gave it a good old 70-year-old coach's smile. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, no, um, I definitely saw that. Um, my my pick, actually, I, I believe he's probably going to Green Bay, and he's going to play with Rodgers for this last year. That's hard to listen to. That's <laughs> hard to hear as a Chicago man. As, as a Bears fan it's not not fun to hear the Packers getting any better yeah uh speaking of the Packers though we'll, we'll move into them and they lost to the Chiefs 13 to 7 and both quarterbacks looked pretty abysmal not really there Jordan Love and Mahomes are just you know Jordan Love had his first game a uh, lot of young struggles there and um, he's going to have a lot to learn if they want him to be a starting quarterback for the future after Rodgers leaves uh, but Mahomes really needs to figure out what's going on I know he won that game but Mahomes looks broken at this point, quite honestly. He's just not performing very well, and I have no explanation for it. We've both talked to a couple other students here at Illinois Media School, and it's just there's no real explanation for what's going on with him. Yeah, uh, and the last game, the last topic I want to talk about, which really, really blew my mind, is that the 49ers lost to the Arizona Cardinals. Um, The Cardinals won that game. Of course, you know their record. You know how good the Cardinals are. But they did not have DeAndre Hopkins nor their quarterback of Kyler Murray, yet they were still able to pull that one off and pull that one off soundly. Um, 49ers were never really even close into that one. Uh, Kittle was back there for the 49ers, though, and uh, that was a really nice step for the 49ers to get their team back. Um, um, but, yeah, um, 49ers had to, had to pull that one off there against a, a backup quarterback and uh, no star-wide receiver. I'm Will Shoemaker. And I'm AJ Freeze. With the go-ahead. I'm Will Shoemaker with your SportstownChicago.com update, powered by the Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. The Blackhawks uh, are now 3-7 and seven after winning in overtime against the Penguins in a shootout. They play the Coyotes this Friday night. The Bears have an off week as they play the Ravens. Uh, in Baltimore coming up after a tough loss to the Steelers 29-7. The Chicago Bulls look to win in Dallas tonight as they are three-and-a-half point favorites. And outside of that, in other sports news, there we saw two college basketball games last night that were absolutely terrific. We saw an, off, an awesome performance from Duke where they pulled one out. This, was, this has been your SportstownChicago.com update brought to you by Illinois Media School. If interested in a career in media, go to BeOnAir.com. This is your home for sports. Red SportstownChicago.com. Take that exit and get to the Southern Cafe, home of the Nasty Biscuit on Roselle Road in Roselle. Get over there and try the Chicken Fried Chicken Biscuit made with the Southern Cafe's house-made drop biscuit with buttermilk chicken fried chicken smothered in country gravy topped with shredded cheddar and crumbled hickory smoked bacon. I always say that when you go to the Southern Cafe, you come out with two meals with the heaping amounts of food they serve you in every meal. I love to go to a place with outdoor seating. The Southern Cafe has a great outdoor seating area to help social distance, and I get to enjoy my breakfast outdoors. Open 6.30 a.m. to 3 p.m. to give you plenty of time to grab an amazing breakfast or lunch. Now get your butt over to the Southern Cafe on Roselle Road. Hello? It's speed walking day. Dorothy? You're breaking up. 
Did I mention we'd be slowing down when we pass the court where those fine brothers play ball? I heard that. Reduce your risk of cancer, diabetes, heart disease, and stroke. Get active, eat right, and maybe even run into Mr. Right. Isn't sisterhood beautiful? For more information, go to everydaychoices.org. Brought to you by the American Cancer Society, the American Diabetes Association, the American Heart Association, the Ad Council, and this station. Alert! Alert! Be gone, maxed-out credit cards, overdue loans, suffocating interest rates, and relentless collection agencies. If your credit rating is making you and others around you cringe, there's only one thing to do, and that's to turn to the professionals at Creative Credit Solutions. Even if your credit is less than perfect, we'll help you get back on track. You can do it, and we can help. Call today or visit creativecreditsolutions.net for your free credit check report. Blow the whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Mondays and Fridays from 2 to 3 p.m. as we talk NFL. The game plan was really sound. In the quarterback league, it, it has been, it still is. Franchise-defining quarterbacks. College football. Will Jim Harbaugh make it through the season as Michigan's head coach? Some more Big Ten talk. And here's some things you wouldn't expect. I would have never expected that. Get all of that and more on Blow the Whistle on SportstownChicago.com. Welcome back to the Go Ahead. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker. And today we're now going to be moving into our next segments here that we're going to be talking a lot about baseball here. Uh, the first and foremost thing that I want to talk about is uh, the St. Louis Cardinals broke the record for the most gold gloves by one team where they had five people win the gold glove. Yeah, you saw Nolan Arenado, Tyler O'Neill, Paul Goldschmidt, Harrison Bader, and then Tommy Edmond. All five of the five of those guys infield outfielders. Yes, and I just wanted to say one thing that is absolutely crazy is that Nolan Arnado has played nine years in the big leagues. He has nine gold clubs. If I'm not mistaken, are any of those years platinums or are all? Okay, I I don't know. What, I I couldn't tell you off the top of my head right now which one, he has a couple platinums, but that's unbelievably just impressive. Think about that. Every single season, he has won a gold glove. Every single year. It is just you check him in, in, in that box for gold glove. For and that days. is the deepest position when it comes to be- hitters and gloves, in my opinion, quite yeah, honestly. Th- third base is a very difficult position to play third base, and they put the best defensive guys there because it's such a it's the hot corner. You have to be a good defender. Definitely. Um, so uh, among those guys, uh, also Harrison Bader was an outfielder. He played very well. Goldschmidt has always been a good defender. Uh, Tyler O'Neill, a whole surprise all around the board, defensively, offensively, had a one heck of a year for the St. Louis Cardinals. Career year for O'Neill, definitely. Uh, so Tommy Edmond um, was a little bit of a shocker for me uh, at second base. I, I I know he was a very good second baseman. I watched him make a ton of excellent, excellent plays this year. Um, but I was a little shocked that he got it. I think it definitely should have gone to Ozzy Albies, quite honestly. Just overall, his F war and just his fielding percentages, he just performed far better, in my opinion. I think that... The story with having five guys making that a record, I think it was close enough to where they gave it to him, but I definitely would argue that Ozzy Albies should have been the favorite there. Yeah, uh, I, I understand that. Um, I, I guess I really didn't look into uh, fielding statistics uh, that in-depthly, but uh, I did see a lot of good things from Tommy Edmonds, so I wasn't shocked. But one thing I was actually surprised about was when I looked at the five, I figured, okay, Bader's got to be there, Arenado's got to be there, Goldschmidt's got to be there, and then... Yadi, right? Yadi's got to be there. Like he always gets the goal. goal. No, so absolutely. I was, I was a little shocked. I, oh, yeah. I, you know, I didn't look into the defensive stats. Like I said, a little bit of a surprise I, I for a little, sure. I was a little shocked that he wasn't in there. Um, 
You want to talk about the Red Sox real quick? Absolutely. I'd love to get into the Red Sox. AJ, I know you have some thoughts on where Carlos Ordon might be going this offseason. Uh, yeah, you know, um, speaking for the White Sox here, uh, he declined the qualifying offer so that leaves us with the intentions that he's most likely going to be gone. Rick Hahn said that he's not out on it, but I, I, I'm leaning towards that he's most likely going to be gone. And I think, actually, that the Red Sox are going to put in a strong case um, for Carlos Rodon. Um, interesting enough, though, it is, it's going to be an interesting kind of an offer because he is so injury-prone. How many years, how much money does he get? How much are you willing to sacrifice for him? As a speaking for the Chicago White Sox and just MLB teams in general, I feel like the going rate will be twenty to twenty-five million annually for three to five years so with a mutual like option. I'm assuming and that, and that's, a potential that's a player lot option. to take. That's a lot to take because Carlos looked good before with the White Sox here and there, right? Second half was ugly this year though, with the velocity going down and the injuries that came back up for him. Again, it's it's the injury, the risk. Reward on, on Rodon is 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 a huge huge thing. He he yes, the sir. reward a healthy Rodon. He's top five Cy Young. Po- yeah, possible Cy Young. Absolutely. When he's injured, on, he's Cy on. Young is or sorry, injured Cy Young. Injured Carlos is almost different story. It's it, I don't even know what you get for him. It's just off the field. You know, he's not even playing. Um, so it's a lot to take in. It's a lot of money to to risk and um. I feel like that means then the higher market teams like Boston, New York, the Dodgers, you know. So that's why I, I think Boston is a team that is willing to put that money down because a lot of other teams just don't have that kind of, of a capability to do something like that. I can definitely see that. East Coast is definitely a pick that I have for him, potentially being New York Yankees. But back to the Red Sox, uh, Tanner Howick is going to be moved into the rotation. Right. And I'd see him being slotted in as a three or four guy, depending on what they do this offseason. And yeah, he will Steve be slide. more I than mean, You saw it in the bullpen this year uh, from, from them uh, in the playoffs. Howick is very, very talented. Um, they call him the right-handed Chris Sale because it looks like the exact same delivery. And delivery Chris Sale's and on his team. they're both lengthy, yes, sir. Um, uh, it's going to be fun to watch them going forward. Yeah, and then also on the Red Sox, J.D. declined his opt-out, so he is going to be back for 2022 on the that Red Sox roster. Right, yeah, so he rejoins. He's coming back for at least another season. And now I thought that meant that Schwarber would be gone, not that they wouldn't go after him, but that doesn't seem to be the case. They said they're still going after him. Which is really interesting, and I'm excited to see what they are able to do if they do reacquire Schwarbaum. It's just it's going to yeah, that, be that weird. First, that first base situation is... Do you have Schwarber there? Do you go get Rizzo? Do you have Bobby Dalbeck give another chance? Bobby. But you even got one more kicker in there. They have a prospect named Tristan Cassis. And I'm telling you to watch out for him. He's a good player. Good player. I, I really think he's going to be, a, even a, this year, could be in their lineup and be a, a talented ball player. And one more thing I want to say about the Red Sox before we move on. The Red Sox, actually, their window is kind of closing. Devers and Xander are only gotten like two years left, something like that. Going to be coming up on free agency. Right. So there, there's, there's QOs, yeah. They did, they did just get a top shortstop prospect. They drafted in like the third pick because of that atrocious um, sixty game season for them. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's going to be interesting what the Red Sox will be doing forward and looking at because they're kind of actually going on the down slopes here. They're trying to be competitive while also about to close their window. And uh, actually, on the hot stove, lastly, for the Red Sox, they have offered Eduardo Rodriguez the QO as well as a reported multi-year deal. The information in regards to how many years and what annually have not been uh, like reported at this point. Yeah, we'll keep you updated on that one. Uh, but 
Instead of uh, actually talking about windows closing, the window has closed on the Oakland A's. Slammed it, door. It, it is gone. They lost uh, Bob Melvin, which is with their great coach, who's now coaching for San Diego, which was an absolute steal for San Diego because he's a very talented coach. And the the likes of Billy Bean is gone. So the the front, the big heads of the team, they're gone. And uh, they lost Simeon last year, which obviously hurt them. Um, so now they're looking at shipping up a lot of people. Chapman could be on the move. The Yankees are reported to be interested in Olsen at this point, which is disgusting. Yeah, Thinking about that Rizzo left-handed would, bat would with the short then, porch, the Riz- yep. They did say that Rizzo um, they're still interested in. So depending on what happens with Olsen there, I would say that Rizzo is their second option. Absolutely. With also considering the fact that Rizzo said he'd be more than interested in returning to New York. So it's just a matter of what they end up doing on the trade market this offseason. Right, right. Uh, and they also have their three solid, actually, starting pitchers that are definitely, for any solid team, uh, even Chris Bassett could be an ace for some teams. Uh, but Chris Bassett, Sean I and Frankie Montas will also be on the trade markets for Oakland. They're really looking to just ship the ship everything. And also this year, they're losing Mark Hanna and Starling Marte. Yeah, with the moves that they've made already, just in the front office, you obviously uh, understand that they're not looking to bring back those free agents in Marte. So looking at that, you think about the fact that Bassett's kind of not on the decline, but he's coming up in age to being around 33, I believe. Yeah, he's he's, a, he's your, a little bit older, but he was yeah. very, very, very good oh, last year. he was an all-star year. last year, absolutely. So, you, so he's going to be somebody you can definitely get a lot for, in my opinion. And then Manaya and Montaz are both young arms. Dogs out there. They oh, they're so very good. much potential as well. Manaya is a solid left-handed starter that any team would definitely desire. Um, one more thing about the A's, actually. Um, because this whole rebuild is about to happen now, do you think the A's are going to move out of Oakland? Maybe, maybe to Vegas? It's an interesting topic, to say the least. There's definitely some headway in that being something that could happen. With Oakland, they haven't been able to create a stadium come to terms over the last decade or so and the Coliseum has fallen apart. There are still the loyal Oakland fans, but we saw what happened with the Raiders. I would not be surprised if it happens with the Athletics as well in the next couple of I'll years. leave that up on our Twitter for you guys to, to leave a poll. I'll have a yes or no question. Do you think the Oakland A's will be moving anytime soon? Uh, possibly to Vegas. Um, but yeah, I'll leave that up on the Twitter at the go-ahead one. Um, how about let's talk about the awards um the awards coming up here um on monday we got rookie of the year uh tuesday we got manager of the year wednesday's the cy young and thursday is the mvps yes sir i'd like to hear uh, initially your thoughts on rookie of the year for the national and american league and then i'll let you know what i'm thinking uh national league um i really think india's got this one um i know he didn't have the best second half but um consistently throughout the year altogether I think he played well enough and was significant enough as, to his team to hold down the rookie of the year and I, I know I know Trevor Rogers is an excellent excellent player um and I, I we'll, we'll talk about him in a second here but um Trevor Rogers interestingly enough uh it, it, it's gonna be interesting for Miami system he um he he put up really good numbers for for this rookie of the year. Um, uh, if you if you look at it against India, it's hard because pitchers just don't win 
uh, enough awards like that. It's really hard. They have to be so outstanding, right? It has to be dominant, like guys like DeGrom and Fernandez in the past. And it actually almost felt like that from Rodgers this year for most of the time. Yeah, for me, that's my pick, honestly. I went with Rodgers. He posted uh, 25 games, 25 starts, 133 innings pitched to 157 strikeouts with a 3.3 war and a record of 7-8 and eight with a 2.64 earned an average as a rookie. That record would be a whole lot better with if, an actual offense. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're they're going to – the Marlins are going to be doing a lot of different changes here. Um, how about the American League real quick? This is easy. Let's go together. Randy. Yeah, Randy. Randy really got got this one. Uh, I, I would love to say Wander Franco because he actually, I would say at this point going forward, is probably going to be the more talented player, but he Definitely. played such a limited season, you know? Yep. Coming up in June or July or whenever he did. If only came up just a little bit sooner or even on opening day, it would have been definitely. He definitely Hands down if it. he had that performance in the first half. Yeah, um, but getting back into it, we'll, we'll come back and we'll be discussing the manager of the year, the Cy Young, and our MVP votes. Stay tuned. This is your home for sports. Longtime fans, sports are like life. SportstownChicago.com. What's up, Chicago? If you're ever, and I mean ever, out looking for good urban food 24-7, come down to White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. White Palace Grill is open 365 days a year since 1939. I personally love the steak and egg dinner, but whether you like burgers for breakfast, steak for lunch, or French toast for dinner, White Palace is the place for you. The diner is a 24-hour urban oasis. Come now. Come later. Hey, come now in later. We never close at White Palace Grill located 1159 South Canal Street in Chicago. Visit us at whitepalace.com or order with Uber Eats or Grubhub anytime, any day. Daddy, when you look at me, I could see a wheels turning. About what am I going to be when I grow up? A major league baseman? Maybe a point guard for a national champion. The odds of a child becoming a professional athlete are 1 in 16,000. Far-fetched? Maybe. But did you know the odds of a child being diagnosed with autism are 1 in 166? That's right, 1 in 166. To learn the signs of autism, go to AutismSpeaks.org. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Go to Lux Barbershop for the best barbers and stylists in Plainfield, Illinois. I go there when I have an important event, date, or I just want to look good. The straight razor shave will have you looking fresh and smooth. Lux Barbershop is open seven days a week. Go to Lux Barbershop for the finest barbers, stylists, braiders, and massage therapists in the southern suburbs. Check out all their daily deals on Facebook, Instagram, and LuxBarbershop.com. This is Joe Perry and Steven Tyler of Aerosmith for Red. You know, it's okay to rock and roll and party down. Just don't get in that 2,000-pound bullet when you're done and cocked. And please don't drink and drive. Someone that jaded you. A reminder that friends don't let friends drive drunk. A public service message brought to you by the Ad Council, U.S. Department of Transportation, National Association of Broadcasters, and RAD. The Chicago Dogs are back on SportsDownChicago.com. Tune into the season opener against the Sioux City Explorers Friday, May 28th at Impact Field in Rosemont. First pitch at 7.05 p.m. Hear all the action right here on SportsDownChicago.com. I'm Will Shoemaker. And I'm AJ Freeze. And this is the go-ahead. Now we're going to be getting back into the uh, awards as we open with uh, Manager of the Year. AJ, your thoughts on the uh, National League and then the American League Manager of the Year? Uh... 
the National League first. Yes, sir. Uh, National League. I'd actually want to give it to Gabe Kapler. I don't really know too much, um, like uh, what what the voters are putting into um, all of it. But um, Mike Schlitt also had uh, an incredible season of getting the Cardinals into the playoffs with that late run. So it's a little bit hard for me to pick between either of them. But my vote would be Kapler because he won the National League West and was never supposed to be there. Yeah, I definitely would agree with you there. Gabe Kapler is my pick, but what Mike Schilt was able to do in the second half with that win streak, and obviously they vote prior to the playoffs occurring, so they didn't know if they'd make it out of that wild card game. So I'd definitely say it's tough, but Gabe Kapler, the Cinderella story of the team that was supposed to be third or worse in that division behind San Diego and Los Angeles, came out on top with 107 wins, which is just an absolute amazing story, and they had role players really step into like career years this this season. Yeah, I mean the fact that they were able to be finishing in the division ahead of the Dodgers and San Diego after what the preseason looked like is just insane. Unbelievable, to think about. yeah, unbelievable. And now let's look into uh, the uh, American League. Who's your pick, AJ? Uh, another one. This is kind of tough for me. A little toss up, but uh, I I really like to go with Seattle. Uh, What's his name? Scott Service. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, he, uh, that, that whole story of Seattle, uh, again, kind of the same thing. They were never supposed to be in it. They were supposed to be rebuilding again this year, and they were in it till game 162. Cinderella story that ended with the last out. I mean, there was, there was a chance way, at but yeah. four, way tie. a four-way tie, and they were in it right until the end there. Absolutely, with a lot of guys who just really stepped up and really just cool storylines. And then now let's move into, uh, my, well, my thoughts, obviously. Uh, my apologies. Kevin Cash, believe it or not, is my pick. I know they had a terrible performance in the playoffs overall, quite honestly, but the most wins in Tampa Bay Rays regular season history and had the East after the All-Star break with still two powerhouses in the Boston Red Sox and New York Yankees. Like After the All-Star break, they had enough space to where it was like, okay, that's their division. You yeah. know what I mean? The uh, East I mean, belonged to the Rays. So I think this is Kevin Cash's year to win it back-to-back. Yeah, Kevin Cash is an extremely talented coach, and we all know that at this point now. It's it's set in stone. And now I'd love to hear your Cy Young picks, my friend. Um, I, For the National League, I, I'm going to be having to go with uh, Corbin Burns here, actually. I think Burns, he was Filthy. just incredible this year. Um, I, I know it's a close call again there for that, but uh, I think what he did for Milwaukee and that pitching staff this year was just in- incredible, and uh, I think he deserves a Cy Young award. I respect that pick, and I I understand why you go that way, but for me, it's Mad Max. Both of these guys put up similar statistics. They're both one and two when it comes to leading and earned run average and things of that nature. Statistically, they both led their teams to playoff runs, and they both performed to an extent well in the playoffs. And it, just really great storyline for Corbin Burns stepping up again in 2021 with a Milwaukee uh, pitching staff that carried them to the playoffs with Kind of, to be honest, an abysmal offense, and we kind of saw that get picked apart in the uh, playoffs. And uh, then uh, American League pick, uh, I've got Robbie Ray as my favorite with Lance Lynn as my sleeper pick. I think Garrett Cole just in the second half where he brought his earned run average up to 3.3, I think that kind of is a turnoff for some of the voters, and that's something that they definitely remembered because they get the ballots, I believe, in like the middle of June. So they have a long time to kind of like process what's going on. Yeah, he had uh, some, uh, some tough losses. He, I know he lost to the Rangers, which really just, I, I guarantee you, turned off some voters. Like, the, how can the Cy Young lose to the Texas Rangers? Um, but uh, I, I think Robbie Ray's got it in the bag. Um, 
I had a bet on Lance Lynn to win it. Um, I put it in probably uh, a little bit after uh, the no-hitter from Carlos Rodon, so I had it in there for a long time. I had really good odds on it, and I, I had a cash-out op- opportunity. Um, I didn't take it because I thought he was going to get it, and then after that Cubs game where he got rocked, that was the last start where he had a chance at a Cy Young. Yeah. So that was really hard, but it, he had a fantastic season for Lance Lynn. Absolutely. Very glad that the White Sox extended him for uh the foreseeable future, absolutely. Um, and then also, now we're looking into the MVP. All None of the six candidates were on a playoff roster. Is that something that you think is just normal for baseball at this point? You know what? Leave, leave that up for the uh, Twitter pe- people. Do you think it's weird that... Six MVP candidates are not on the MVP ballots. Absolutely, you guys can uh, at the t- at the go ahead one. Yeah, at the go ahead one. Go ahead and answer that question. Let us know your opinions. For me personally, though, I'm saying it's not really an issue. I get what the old head mindset, the OG mindset, would tell you. Oh, baseball, you need to be able to bring your team, but it's such an individualized sport that you can't have an impact like you can if you're LeBron James or Tom Brady. Yeah, no, if you put the best basketball player on, on the worst team, he's still going to make that a good team. Yeah, absolutely. Just he's that At least talented. competitively. But, um, yeah, it, it, baseball is such a, a team sport that you can have the most valuable player and just not be uh, competitive. You need it as a whole, and that's just where baseball always is. And then uh, overall, my picks, I'm going to be going Vladimir Guerrero, believe it or not, just due to how awesome his season was in the fall off from Shohei. I just wanted to go with my dark horse here when I think Shohei's the favorite. And outside of that, for the National League, I think it goes to Bryce Harper. Your thoughts, AJ? Yeah, I I agree across the board on that. Um, Tatis, if he didn't get hurt, probably would have won it. Um, But yeah, uh, really quick, I wanted to get back to uh, the six-man no playoff teams. Um, it, it is just how baseball works. Even with Mike Trout in the in, in the past year, he's been a consistent MVP player, and the Angels haven't gone anywhere. It's just how it is. It's not changing. That that the ba- the game hasn't changed in that perspective. Of like this year, like people are like, oh, that's an eye opener. No, it's not. No, yeah, it just I remember it being a conversation in my young baseball fandom when Mike Trout really was coming in and Detroit was still a powerhouse and there was a conversation between Miguel and Mike and then Mike took over and then Mike's been able to win 3 MVPs following his only playoff berth that happened early in his career. So I get that the MLB's been moving towards it, just it's glaring that it was all six guys this year. All right, how about let's end up with the White Sox here. Absolutely. Now into our South Side update. We're going to be looking at Dallas Keuchel winning the gold glove and also being slotted as the potential fifth man in the rotation. What are your thoughts on that, AJ? Uh, I think Keuchel got the gold glove because he hits so many ground balls and just hits so many balls in play, including the ones that go over the yard. <laughs> yeah, not for a guy with a 5 ERA+, plus. that's... I get that it's voted on by the players, and he's got a terrific glove, but that's just due to the way he makes guys ground, yeah, defensively, ground out. He's defensively, he's really good. He's he, good, he, yeah. you got to give him that's that, That's why I guess. he gets a gold glove. But uh, that's just kind of a joking thing, and I really <laughs> I really hope that he's not the fifth man in the rotation, but as of right now, that looks like that might be the case to start off the season. Yeah, it's it's looking that way. The The White Sox are going to have to work around that. I think they just, they're just they going to have to pay him. Um and we got a lot of scary things coming with us not offering the QO to uh, Carlos Rodon of $18.4 million. Yeah, I, Rick I Hahn think... said he's not out, but I quite honestly think the fact that we didn't even offer that 
really shows that we're not going to be competing for him with the big big dogs. Mm-hmm. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to agree with that one right there. And that's something hard for us Sox fans to hear, but it's just the harsh reality that is. And then outside of that, we obviously declined the option on Cesar Hernandez, making him a free agent. And I think both of us would agree that this was a smart move. As yeah, good move. I said it wouldn't be the worst if Carlos came back, but that means then second base is wide open, which means there's an upgrade for the White Sox there. Marcus Simeon, or you can go the trade route. Chris Taylor's obviously an option as well. And I these guys me. are love me guys I'd Taylor. love to have on a squad like the Chicago White Sox. I I was seeing an article four years uh, annually, ten to fifteen million for Chris Taylor. That's not awful. No, that's something that's more than like attainable for the Chicago White Sox, and I think that would be an awesome move. Outside of that, you and I have talked about this, obviously. We have right field and second base targets like Nick Castellanos, Mark Canna, Conforto, with a lot of question marks just due to the fact that we do not want to put all our eggs in a basket that's not like safe, protected, yeah, I mean, be comfortable even for, for, for second base and right field, right now we're in a situation, or the White Sox are in a situation where they don't want any question marks for their players coming in. They don't want to get a guy in right field that's like, oh, maybe he'll be good. The White Sox already saw that with Nomar Mazzara, and they ate that. They, they're like... We've had plenty of instances in, that, right. in the past couple of right. years. Right, so yeah. they should get somebody that is proven at their position in their certain categories of whatever they're specifically desiring of speed, defense, power, whatever it is, like proven that this is talent that they that will not go away. And I think that we would both agree in regards to right field, that's Nick Castellanos, Mark Canna, or Marte, with the number one guy being Marte and then Castellanos. I think or vice versa. I think Marte is the most Valuable to this roster and the positions he can I, play. I think he fits very well for the White Sox, but I, th- I think also uh, affordability-wise, when we talk about some of those guys, I think as a star talent and the money that we could put towards them. He's like middle of the pack in regards to the annual rate we'd have to pay in regards correct, to the guy's correct. name. Correct. Yeah, 100%. Um, one more thing about the rotation real quick before we get off of that. Kopech is going to be officially in that rotation with Keuchel now. Slotted in at the four spot, and I think you and I... Uh, both are, and obviously Chicago White Sox fans, MLB fans in general, are excited to see this because it's been a long time coming. It was very smart of the front office and Tony La Russa, Rick Hahn, for letting him be a spot starter last year and give him a lot of innings out of the bullpen, let him get comfortable. I think that next year we can see a very great season out of Michael Kopech, and hopefully they have a solution for the fifth spot. So, so a lot of great things out of Kopech and look forward to his season here and his development uh, be turning into a starter and his stamina to turn into a long inning starter as well. And nothing really crazy going on in regards to the bullpen. Craig Kimbrell's still on the roster but looks to be on his way out as we reported on last week. No, no crazy things have gone on there. And something uh, I am very confident in and I hope we can do is getting Ryan Tapera back on this roster. Yeah, Tapera is a big reliever that I want to keep around. Um, he, he was a really nice piece for this bullpen, even at the end of the season here. I think the White Sox need to do something to make sure that he comes back. Had a great first half with the Cubs, an even better second half with the White Sox statistically. And then in the playoffs, he really showed out and had some grit and heart. I'd absolutely be down for us to trade Kimbrell and make him come back and take Kimbrell's spot in As the, the setup. Hundred percent. That's definitely something I'd like and to we, see. And we also will shave that money on Kimbrel then, because Kimbrel's getting like eighteen million dollars for 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 us right here. I, we, I know we are going to trade him. Uh, the the White Sox are going to trade him here, most likely. 
I definitely do see that being the case. I think that we would trade him. And I hope that's what goes on. There is a small likelihood, though, that they might keep him. I, I hope that's not the case, though. I definitely see him as being out the door. Well, we'll keep you updated on it going forward here. But thank you for joining us on The Go-Ahead. It's been fun. And we'll see you next week on Wednesday. I'm AJ Freeze. And I'm Will Shoemaker with The Go-Ahead. Follow us on Twitter at The Go-Ahead1. for sports. This is the best fans in the world. No, no better team. SportstownChicago.com Are you ready for this? Valley View Automotive has all of the hottest SUVs you've been looking for. Enjoy a test drive and the opportunity to drive one of these powerful vehicles off the lot for half the price. Yes, half the price. Now's the time to get yourself to Valley View by car, on foot, or even by air to take advantage of this outrageous sale. You better get here quickly, because this promotion is only going on for 24 hours, and the automobiles are leaving the lot faster than you can say four-wheel drive. Valley View Automotive, a dealership you can depend on. Hey, I'm Andy Griggs, asking you to help prevent domestic violence. Domestic violence isn't a woman's issue. It hurts all of us. Women are injured and killed every day by their husbands and boyfriends. So it's time for men to take action right now to teach boys that violence against women is wrong, to help prevent abuse before it starts. Call the Family Violence Prevention Fund at 1-800-END-ABUSE to get a free take action kit containing tips on what to say to boys. That's 1-800-END-ABUSE. Teach early. Indeed is the number one job search user with over 250 million monthly users. Indeed's priority is to help everyone in the job searching process to find a job by uploading 10 new job opportunities every 10 seconds worldwide. With Indeed, you have free access to job searches, resume uploads, and company researches. There are over 10,000 employees at Indeed that pursue to help people find the job they are looking for. They connect with millions of people to new opportunities. Go to Indeed.com and sign up for free and create a resume and let Indeed do the rest to help you on your job search. Hey, I'm Jesus Mauricio. Be sure to tune in every Friday to listen to Zeus Off the Bat, a baseball talk show from 1 to 2 p.m. where I'll be discussing and updating you on all things about baseball. News, predictions, reactions, and more about the Cubs, Sox, and everything across the league. Happens every Friday at 1 p.m. right here on SportstownChicago.com. Don't forget to follow and share our Twitter and Instagram with your friends at Zeus Off the Bat. Zeus Off the Bat.